This is Carrie. And this is Jenny. And you're listening to Honestly Unfiltered. All right, Carrie, we're back. We're back with the real episode since we got sidetracked. Listen, I'm down. Hey. (laughs) Yes. It's more content for people to hear our lives. And actually, I think people can relate to it sometimes, you know? I think so. I think so. So, a cousin of mine that I'm very close to, Alex, asked me to reach out to her and help um, because she she's always been a casual drinker, um, but during you know the COVID quarantine in New York and New Jersey was you know quite um, it was a little more intense than it was here in Florida. And for a longer period mm-hmm. and, you know, working from home and stress, um, you know, her, her drinking, my cousin's drinking escalated, you know, from like to one or two bottles of wine a day. Mm-hmm. So she, at that point made the decision that she needed to get a handle on it. Cause you know, when you, it's, it's whether it's mental or physical, you know, you know, alcohol is you, you get, a. Uh, a physical dependence is a drug mm-hmm. and the detox on it is severe it's very dangerous mm-hmm. yeah and they could cause seizures just a lot of different problems so she made a decision at that point to check herself into a rehabilitation program and it was very expensive she had excellent insurance at the time and it was, you know, one of the better ones, and I think it was like fifteen thousand dollars, and her insurance covered part of it. And you know, she put money down, and you know, did payments and stuff. So she went to rehab, and she thrived. She did great. Um, you know, obviously, this was her decision, and it, it wasn't forced. There wasn't an intervention. She right. just realized that she made a decision. She needed to get a hold of this. And while she was there, she met a guy. I know it's a cliche. It didn't happen. Um, but so she's, you know, in her late 20s. And this What's guy, his name? his name? Yeah. So Dick is 40. Um, he's 12 years older than her. And Dick is a lifer, quote unquote he has been to rehab many many times and he comes from he's a trust fund he's a trust fund baby Mm -hmm. um his parents and family have a lot of money and when they don't know what to do with him they throw him in rehab i wonder what it's like to have all that money you know right Like he went to rehab in Malibu with like the stars at one point because he was living in California at the time. Here's me just trying to get a fountain drink from the Walmart gas station. Right. (laughs) And I think in seeing that it's evident that, um, you know, you rehab, you know, really is a business and that's the point of this podcast. So, but I'm going to tell the backstory. Yeah. Um, so he at that point had been in for about 10 days when she got there and um when he saw her he gravitated toward her now my cousin she's very beautiful she's very bubbly she has great head on her shoulders um i think once she gets better she will take the world by the balls and be forced to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. but um you know he saw a naive girl and knowing i think that he didn't have really anywhere to land once he left rehab Mm -hmm. attached himself to her and he love bombed her he Mm -hmm. would 
could now they separate they kept the men and women separate there but he always would sneak off and find her where she was Mm -hmm. he would bring her like tea or coffee and they ended up like meeting in the kitchen early in the mornings to basically form a relationship is what he was doing well sure and you said love bomb that's exactly what the fuck he was yeah, doing it was and oh and p.s real quick listeners this motherfucker ain't even hot no no well no um so he totally love bombed her so she did her time there but i i don't feel like she ever really got to focus on what of 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 why of the whys because you know that drinking is a symptom of something you're you're masking and just like us with eating mm -hmm. or smoking or whatever yeah like it's all relative it is It, it is all relative and i've masked before with you know different substances in times where i didn't want to face reality and God, i'm doing it right now yeah so i just ate cookie though out of the kitchen uh, out of the refrigerator so why because i'm upset you know it's just... please i ate all those gummy bears and now i've hit the vape <laughs> go rehab <laughs> just kidding this is a crazy fuck story that she's gonna tell you though right now so she does her time there like say it like prison she gets out when, when you know she's you know after 28 days or whatever it was and from this point um he's going to be there another two months obviously you know she gets out and she tells me all about it and my red flags are going up because i'm like okay well if he's going to be there for three months he's got some serious issues now he told her that the story was that he was in LA and he was working as a movie editor and basically you know he came home for covid when LA shut down mm-hmm. and um he would be going back afterwards and while, while he when he got home his mother said well you know this is a good time for you to go to rehab because you drink too much Mm-hmm. which was all a lie he spent a brief amount of time in california like 10 years ago and has like one small movie credit mm-hmm. um but had been working like in construction and grocery stores and things like that for years and had spent lo- like a normal yeah like mm-hmm. had spent the last like 10 years like just drinking himself to death and his family pays like he makes sure make sure his rent's paid and things like that and i guess what ultimately the long of the short is what ultimately happened is they cut him off financially and was, was like basically you get your shit together or we're done we're not giving you any more mm-hmm. money so in the in the two or three months before he gets out now he's calling her every night at home mm-hmm. and when she got out um her the job she had been at for 10 years quote unquote eliminated her position mm-hmm. it was a shitty thing to do for them they probably knew she went to rehab it was an older client it was an older office you know probably more conservative right. they got rid of the liability in there and what they what they deemed as a liability right um so now she's at a rehab we're still in covid she doesn't have a job and this guy who mr movie producer at the time we think you know she thinks is Mm. love bombing her essentially and he's sending her gifts every day in the mail from amazon you know he's sending her iced coffee because he you know from amazon because he knows she likes it he's sending her stuff from like the local grocery stores he's sending her diamond earrings for christmas he's doing all of these things because he sees that this girl has never had that and he's essentially making her be in love with being in love of course if i wish everyone could see my face right now yeah and and i'm not saying that it wouldn't have taken me by storm at that age as well oh no i no judgment my face is holy fuck you're so wrapped up it's like being on the bachelorette or whatever you're in this bubble yeah and and you've you know so i figured when she's telling you okay this could go one of two ways it could go south really quickly or 
they could be two people that are going to focus on their sobriety together because you know alcohol is is i feel like there's a different animal than drugs because it's everywhere you go to holiday parties you go to eat you go to just people's houses they drink wine it's hard to resist it any store you go in it's accessible essentially Mm -hmm. even a dollar tree they have liquor yeah what the hell it's accessible and mm-hmm. you it's unavoidable especially if you start re- now you think of that if you're at that age and you're going to start dating somebody mm-hmm. well what do you do you meet for drinks yeah or coffee coffee turns to drinks and then drinks turns to dinner so yeah and then it turns to orange juice in the morning <laughs> <laughs> just kidding that was poorly done so my bad so um so i you know i remember having conversations with her about it and i was like well first and foremost you have to worry about yourself and your sobriety but if he's you know focused on his own and yes then maybe and it's true love maybe everything happens for a reason i'm not because i think she was getting a lot of pushback from her friends and family like oh this is a big red flag this is not good and i even said to her at one point isn't this like it's the big no-no and she was like, oh, yeah, it's like you're not supposed yeah. to be for a year. It's like that's why they keep you separate. Yeah, well, in my mind, I'm like, haven't these people watched 28 Days with Sandra Bullock? Mm-hmm. Love that movie. You know? I love that movie, oh, by the way. Me too. It popped up on one of my apps. I have to watch it again. I love it. Yeah, so good. But that's what it, I think of, you know, they have all these rules, like you got to keep a plant alive. I'm still working on that. y'all. I just killed mine. They made it three months, no six almost. Yeah, that's good. I, I brought it home and from work in July and I just realized it's just so dead. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, so I guess we should be in a program as we're speaking about this. We can't even keep plants alive. <laughs> I can't keep husbands or plants alive. I can't eat. It's right in front of the damn kitchen sink. I can't remember to water it. Hello. So anyway, we're digressing. Mm -hmm. So he gets out of rehab and, you know, there's talk of him going to sober living. And I think he, I pretty, I'm pretty convinced that he baited her and you know, she picked him up from rehab and they, you know, basically moved right in. Mm. And, you know, at the time she was also not working and he's like, well, you know, if you're not working, you know, I come from money, obviously I'll pay the rent until you get on your feet. So, you know, then there's the factor. And of course I, I, you know, I gave her all the warnings about that. And, you know, you know, uh, the, she says okay and i understand sometimes but uh, sometimes i just think she tells me that because she knows it's right but i'm gonna do she's gonna do what she wants anyway right so basically um and uh, oh real quick sorry i know a lot i mean i've because you know i can't talk for (laughs) one but i listened to like tons of different podcasts and one was like dating diaries and a couple other ones but They've all touched on several different times how so many couples moved in together due to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that was very calm. It's very calm. It is. Yeah. They quarantined together and then abstained together. So I know now, you know, so the year, so he, you know, he moved right in, um, and I gather from about three weeks, everything was good. And then he started drinking. And it was a, one of those, oh, come on. You just, we can just have one. We can have, we, we'd have a mulligan. You know, we'll just have one. It'll be fine. And then we'll start over tomorrow. And he talked her into it. And that's when the wheels came off, obviously. And for a long time, they were both maintaining. She had, a, you know, had gotten a new job that she didn't like and they were both working apparently and drinking all night long i didn't know i knew something was up because she stopped talking to me and i always know Mm -hmm. when she stops talking to me that there's a big red flag there 
I tried reaching out to her mom, but that didn't go well, you know, because they like to keep everything hush hush. So it was mm -hmm. basically thank you for your concern, but she's just going through a rough patch, you know, that's her age, blah, 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 blah. So here we are now, like a year later, and she has just realized and she in the, in the process a couple times, she's gone to the hospital to detox and she's maintained sobriety for a while. And mm -hmm. then it's just like, if it's in front of you and the person won't stop doing it, it's, I, I explain it like, it's like if someone brings a pizza home, I can, Ugh. I can, I can re abstain from it for a while. Uh, you read my mind. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, Domino's delivers. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yeah, but you can abstain from it for a while, but then you pick at it and pick at it until you're just mm -hmm. eating the whole fucking pizza. Yeah, and that so good. <laughs> yeah, so basically, the long of the short is then she's trying to be sober, and he's saying he's going to go back to rehab, mm. and he's really just lying to her and delaying and delaying it because he has no desire to be sober. None. None. None whatsoever. None. None. So then he goes to rehab. Fuck she's getting her life back together. Mm -hmm. And one day he shows up at her house and he used her Uber. He checked himself out of rehab, used her Uber account that was on his phone and mm -hmm. took a $200 rehab, uh, took a $200 Uber to her house. And that motherfucker's got balls. He does. For days. He does. And this is recently, this is last month, right before Thanksgiving. So he comes, she invites him in because she thinks, you know, she sees he's sober and everything with that. He starts, you know, he had, he had his stuff and he had liquor with him and like an hour in, he starts drinking and he takes her phone. He locks her, you know, he takes her glasses from her so she can't fucking see. He's, you yeah, know, mother. Okay. He's being abusive. He's being a fucking asshole. He, because I, I, I believe he was abusive the entire time. It just, you know, bits and pieces came out. Mm -hmm. And that's always how that shit is. Right. Coming from experience. Yeah. And after mm -hmm. a year of this, her family is going to Al Anon and they're taking the, we have to detach with love. She needs to hit rock bottom approach, which I completely understand. I'm not, I obviously wasn't there with her. And I feel like if someone's reaching, a relative is reaching out from to me for help, I'm going to help them, especially when they're in an abusive situation. We'll deal with the rest right. later. Mm -hmm. So finally she's able to get her phone. And I know something's up because she's dropped off. And I, I you know, like in the middle of conversation, I don't hear from her for days after that. Mm -hmm. And she reached, she finally gets her phone back. He's passed out and she's like, I need help. He, this is what's going on. He showed up. My family's upset because they don't, you know, because he's here. Mm -hmm. you know, and she didn't, the time before she had filed a restraining order to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. And she wouldn't him being locked in rehab. She didn't follow through with it. She dropped it because she didn't think she needed it. Oof. So the long of the short is, is I have to get the police involved to get him mm -hmm. out. Just so everyone knows the dynamic here. So what state is Alex's cousin in? Um, New York. She's in New York state. And, and you are in? I'm in Florida. So you're coordinating all these things that you're about to tell us from Florida. Yeah. Okay. So I call at this point. I, I like, I call his family. Um, she gives me, she texts me the, the numbers for the family. His mother lives literally 30 minutes from me. And I try calling his mother. Um, and I call her once. And then the second time it just keeps going to voicemail. Well, for whatever reason, she blocked the call. I don't know why. So I, then I tried calling her from my Google number and she wouldn't pick up, wouldn't pick up. I sent texts, not responding. I'm like, I need, you know, this is so-and-so. I need to speak to you immediately about Dick. And nothing. Little Dick. Yeah. So I then have to, so then she, she gave me his sister's number and her, his brother's number. 
So I, at that point, I call her sister, his sister, this guy's sister. And I'm like, look, my cousin, this is, you know, so-and-so I'm so-and-so's cousin. What? I keep thinking about him going, <laughs> fuck you and your fucking <laughs> Oh yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> You're telling me tonight, just thinking about him like this little asshole mm-hmm. kicking his heels. Fuck you and your <laughs> So sorry. <gasps> Oh God, that's all I can think of. I know, right? I know. Oh, this fucking douche. (laughs) So sorry about that. I was like, oh, oh. So, um, so I get his sister on the phone. I explain the whole nine yards. He's left rehab, this, this, and this. She's like, I'm so sorry. Let me call David, our brother because he handles everything i'll call you right back i'm in the home depot parking lot like i need to go in and get something for a shelf and i'm like sitting there waiting for 45 minutes for this phone call back finally i go in and get what i need an hour later she calls me back and she's like she's like um i can't get a hold of david um i'm thinking you know we're we're up here in new hampshire there's really nothing we can do so i i really don't know what to tell you um i'm just so sorry i tried calling dick but he's not picking up the phone i said no he's not because he's passed out drunk and she was managed to find her phone while he was drunk while he was passed Mm -hmm. out yeah and um she basically alluded to the fact that she talked to David and mm-hmm. they decided at that point that there was nothing that they could do and they weren't getting involved, mm-hmm. which, and I, so I was like, well, it sounds like from what you're telling me, you've actually talked to David and your family because you've written him off or choosing not to get involved. So, and then she cut me off and she's like, well, that's not true. I love my brother. I've always supported him. I said, I understand. He doesn't want to get sober and you can't have that in your life. But I'm looking out for my cousin here and mm-hmm. I need to do something to get him out of my cousin's house. So the, now my next call will be to the police to have him removed. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, uh, you know, whatever. And I was like, look, this conversation is not being productive thank you for trying at least and i know enjoy the rest of your day that's where i took it Mm. literally um so then a couple hours later you know basically my cousin calls me hysterical he won't give me my glasses because he wants my debit card to go buy cigarettes and i don't know where it is and he says that he won't give me my glass and she's blind as a bat without her glasses Mm-hmm. And I and and she and she says, and he won't give me my glasses until I give him the debit card. But I don't know where it is. I'm like, put him on the phone. So he gets on the phone with me, and he's like, well, who is this? I'm like, this is so and so's cousin. And he's like, what do you want? I'm like, he's like, I'm I'm like, you need to give her back her glasses and get out of her house. Oh, I'm just trying to stabilize her. She's drunk and she needs to, to calm down and, and this and that. And I guess apparently they had an altercation and where he, when he wouldn't give her her glasses earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. And when she reached for them, trying to lunged at him, she scratched him in the face. Oh, boo hoo, old man. So he's telling her, well, if you call the police to get me out, I'm going to tell them your DNA is all over me. And I'm going to tell them that you're that you that you beat me and you're gonna go to jail yeah because of all of the three hundred thousand million untested rape kits in the u.s they're gonna waste fucking time on dna from his face yeah and he's just telling her all sorts of bullshit like he's telling her well if you call the police because I have nowhere to go. They're going to make you leave, not me, because you have a car and you have money. And he's just, he, he of course, obviously, she's an innocent. Her. Yes, and he's, she's an innocent girl. And she doesn't, this, you know, for me and you, this is, this is, this is like, he's this no match for us. 
this is fucking child's play. He, oh yeah, this is child's play for I'd us. I'd be like, bitch. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, but for an innocent, uh-huh. but you know, an innocent girl in her early twenties who this, hasn't been raised by Diane and Prudence. Yeah, this is like you believe it because why would why would you not right right so with oh, I that I, called, I did the wrong name for the other i called her prude ah, that's all right <laughs> i gotta sorry, speed the go story ahead. up anyway i know okay sorry all right so at this point i'm pissed and i hang up the phone i'm like fuck him i'm just fucking calling the police because he's a motherfucker he is a fucking asshole. Yeah. And it was just unproductive and he was belligerently drunk. And I called the local police in her town. I'm like, look, this is the situation. He's 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 holding her hostage and he's abusing her. She, she he took her phone. She managed to get me a text message. Can you please just go to the house and do a welfare check? And with that, she then sends me a text and she's like, can you please just call the police and get him out? Yeah. So already on the case. Yeah. I was like, I already made that executive decision. So I, um, so they go, the police go and they remove him and they send, they take him to a facility basically to dry out because he's belligerently drunk and which would be equivalent to probably like the Glens here and, um, or what the Glens used to be. Yeah. So, um, or it used to be the Glens. So the minute he gets there, he starts calling her phone. And I'm like, don't pick it up. And she's like, and then the police tell him, you know, tomorrow when he comes back for his stuff, he'll have to call the police to get it. Mm -hmm. So he's calling her phone and calling her phone. So I'm like. Because they removed him, right? Yeah, they removed him. I'm like. Okay. Do it. He's like, she's like, I should do a three-way call and let you listen. And I said, no, you do a three-way call and I'll answer it and pretend I'm there. So I pick it up and he's priceless. Yeah. And he's like, um, so I pick it up and he's like saying her name, like you need to come get me. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I'm like, this isn't so-and-so. And he's like, well, who is this? I'm like, this is her cousin, Jenny. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing there? I'm like, what do you mean? The what the fuck am I doing here? I'm like, I flew in tonight, and I because she needed me, and I am here, and with her to help her get her stuff together and get better. And she's not coming to get you. Well, why not? Because we just had the police remove you. We're not coming to get you. So basically, I get this guy. He so he hangs up, calls back. So he calls back again and he's like, Peyton, says her name, Peyton. And I'm like, nope, it's Jenny. And he's like, put Peyton on the phone now. She needs to come get me. I'm like, nope, not talking to her. She doesn't want to talk. Well, why not? Because she doesn't want to talk to you, dick. And he's like, (laughs) you put her on the phone now. And I'm like, like screaming. And I'm like, I feel like, dude, and I'm sitting here like this is not my first rodeo and I'm enjoying like tormenting this guy by doing nothing and literally by just existing. Yeah. And literally, I'm like, sorry, she's not coming to get you. You need to go back to rehab or to your family or somewhere. And that's it. We're done here. And he starts screaming so loud that I'm that like all sorts of curse words. He calls me the C word, which I don't say for anything. And if I say the C word, that's like, yeah, like the F bomb drops out of my mouth, but I will not say that unless I'm really mad. It has that person has to really like basically run me over in the parking lot or try to. Yeah, it's got to be real legit. Yeah. That's a fuck your husband word. Mm-hmm. So he's screaming all these things to me. Like, like they probably put the man in a straight jacket after he got off the phone because mm-hmm. he stopped calling back after this. And he's like, and by the way, your fucking podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and he's still, and he's still listening, like waiting for me to respond. And I go, I'm like, wow, that really hurt. 
dick. That that <laughs> one is really below the belt. That killed me. Apparently, the 550 people that left us five stars on Apple disagree with you, but I'm glad that you you think it sucks. You know, you don't have to listen to it. You no one's forcing you to. Oh with that he hung up and that was it for the night like and basically oh the long he, of the short is cool. he went back to rehab and you know he actually you know resurfaced this week and started calling her again and trying to get you know her to like because changed obviously changed the uber password um tried to get her to let him back in and it was more running interference with his family um mm. but in the process it was stressful for her and she started drinking again yeah and she went to the hospital to try to get detox they didn't admit her because she wasn't in full withdrawal and mm. she's like look i just need to go to a program uh to get back on my feet and i was like i agree with you and i'm proud of you for saying that yeah because that's that's like a big step to say you're gonna remove leave society for 28 days like I well yeah especially with that guy gaslighting the fuck out of her yeah i mean just abuse to the to like that sack of shit yeah he's a sack of Your shit podcast sucks. i'm a 40 year old drunk oh and, and, and the kicker is is when he was calling her from rehab we did the whole patch it through again yeah and sober he's an asshole too he was mad oh. he put her on the phone and he was he sober so it wasn't like he Ooh. was just a drunk he's... asshole he was a sober asshole too yeah because then he's like that dry drunk mm -hmm. where they're just fucking dicks mm -hmm. Ugh, grew my stepdad was like that i mean i don't think he was ever sober y'all but he was an asshole drunk too yeah so they're the worst so now this leads me to how complicated it is to get someone into rehab. Now, when she had health insurance, um, no problem. No problem. They'll take you. They'll roll out the red carpet. And she's told me in the past, rehab is such a business. Like they will, they took him. It was seven grand for this guy to go. Mm -hmm. and for three weeks and his family just keeps paying seven grand for a month mm -hmm. to keep him there Be and they you know the, and they'll come up with reasons why to keep you if you're a cash pay and they know you have the means or if your insurance yeah. will pay for it they'll convince your family that you're not ready to go home mm -hmm. and sometimes they sign like they take your rights away and make someone a conservator because they mm -hmm. want they see those dollar signs coming in yeah and then you're stuck there in the in their system yeah so um so we get you know back a couple months ago she you know had applied for medicaid um but and then in the process we're trying to get her you know insurance through the marketplace that's not going to kick until january then uh, in, while she was detoxing the hospital re realized she had medicaid so yeah so now we're we were trying to find like a medicaid facility to take her which mm -hmm. unfortunately is like the bottom of the barrel you're going to a basement somewhere to cold turkey and if you die there might be a doctor to come pick you up off the floor type deal Ugh. and so i was shocked at i so so you know we're looking at a couple things and I'm like, you know what? Let me call around. So I call, so I, you know, I do a Google search and I, you know, I'm again, I'm trying to deal with New York state. I don't know what their stuff in, is. Mm -hmm. I know Florida here, you're, you're pretty much fucked. Um, if you try to go to rehab and you don't have insurance or anything, you're going to go to Centerstone and you're going to dry out for a couple of days or come off whatever you're coming off of. And then they're going to release you to the streets. That's it. Yeah so and and you know and then people wonder why there's such a big problem in america with alcohol and drug addiction but this is why there is no, there are no systems in place to help people that do not have tons of cash at their disposal yeah so i decide i'm going to call a couple facilities and see what i can find out so i call this i put in a, an inquiry online because it says you know they take medicaid oh god yeah they probably called you like a fucking used car salesman. within two minutes it was like a it was like a car warranty or a car lot that I, that yeah I right it was immediate texts emails i'm still getting emails that was eight hours ago so they i talked to this one person i explained this for my cousin they patched me through to somebody else 
then so he's getting the information he puts in the insurance he's like it's not coming back with an authorization and i said to him he's like is this medicaid and i said yes and he says okay well he's like we our programs you know he doesn't really tell me their programs aren't covered mm. he's basically goes into this well you know with medicaid she's gonna have to go to a state facility and that's not very good care and he goes on and on and tells me how bad it is to scare you yeah to scare you basically and i'm like okay i'm like but that's what we're looking at right now i said well how much is the program program and he's like well he's like he's like well because she you know we can give her a scholarship and this and that a scholarship they call it that they call it a scholarship and um he's like but she wouldn't be able to go to a facility in her state we'd have to either send her to california nevada or there's one in tampa and i go okay well tampa might work because it's close to me Mm-hmm. And he's like, we'll help her with the flight. You know, he's like, well, so, were they going to film a episode of intervention? Like, I, oh, they, they weren't going to help her with, they weren't going to pay for it. They were going to book it with her credit card is what they were going to do. Oh my God. And I go, well, is it possible to get her on a flight without drinking, without alcohol and stipulate that they're not allowed to give her, not allowed to give her alcohol. Uh-huh. And he goes, well, we don't care what condition she's in when she gets here. She could be drunk when she gets here. We'll love her anyway. And I said, well, she's taking medicine to detox. I really don't, don't think it's a good idea. I'd like not for her to be dead on the plane when uh-huh. it lands. So basically he's like, well, he's like, if she can come up with five grand, we could do a payment plan for the other five grand and it'd be 10 grand total. And I'm like, yeah. I said, you know, that's, that's a good, and I said, that would be like, he's wheeling and dealing with me. Mm. Like, like it's a sale. Like he's, he's totally gone from used car salesman to used car salesman. And he goes at that point, he goes, well, he's like, um, you know, it's, it's a small price to pay for her sobriety. He goes, and what a better gaslighting gift. Than- you. Yes. He's gaslighting me. He's gaslighting. He is and- gaslighting the fuck out of you. Yes. Yes. And here's the kicker. He goes, and what a be- what a better gift that you could give your cousin than the gift of sobriety for this holiday season. Oh my God. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Oh so my fucking God. I said, you know, I said, you're right. I would love to give that gift to my cousin because I love her dearly, but I don't have five grand, Brad, to give her to give to rehab. So we're going to have to work within our means to do this. I'll let you, and I basically, I was like, look, I'll talk to her. I'll let you know, don't call us. We'll call you kind of thing. And, um, I left it. Well, should I hold the spot for, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that she can come up with five grand. I don't know. So Hang like up. the reverse drug dealer you know he called like, he called her within 10 minutes he called her because he had her contact he called her and was like totally gaslighting her trying to get her to make the decision that's and she was like look up. i don't have five grand i don't have mm-hmm. five and come to and so he goes to me he says to me in the process i said well you'd have to i said she's probably going to want to stay in new york she's not going to want to fly to florida mm-hmm. well you know we we like he's like you know this listen he's like we're experts at this and she's going to get to rehab and about day five she's going to want to go home and you don't want her in her home state when she that happens so we have you know we have the techniques that we could talk her into staying and since she'd be like 2000 miles away it's not exactly easy for her to leave and go to her apartment or house or wherever she lives oh my god and i said you know what i said i'm not concerned about her leaving she actually thrives in rehab she actually did really well it was the coming home part and maybe meeting the asshole there that love bombed her and gaslit her that just derailed her from her sobriety so 
um yeah we don't have to make her travel to iceland to keep her hostage she's already been in one hostage situation she's a need another one in a rehab facility that she can't get out of because right. after 28 days you're going to try to think of something else and say she's not ready so basically yeah he, he called her and said the same thing to her and she was like yeah i'm not going to california or nevada or anything i'm gonna i want to be near my family because basically if she came here i'm the only one here and she wants to be with her family yeah so um you know she's looked into some things and she's gonna you know go to a program that she can afford and that will will take what insurance she has but it just you know she's told me many times that she she you know in going to like outpatient after mm -hmm. leaving rehab that um she was gonna go actually work for a facility with a with a with a one of her counselors that she became friendly with mm -hmm. and she's like it is all about and she told me this not today but like weeks ago when she was so sober she's mm -hmm. like it's it's a money she's like it's a money making it is like that's what they look at they they want you in the door they will send you an uber to get you there they will put you on a plane and put it on your bill they will do what they can to get you in the door and they trap you there and they say that you they tell your family that you're sicker than you are they they delay your treatment they oh make you think that there's God. all these things that are wrong with you mentally so you come out if even if you do come out you fail because you think you're oh my um, God. just a marked person i swear if we ever become gajillionaires we need to open a rehab and not for, yeah like, not even for the money just for the help no people. no i yeah. just mean like with real people yeah like staff that really wants to help people yeah this isn't you know like as long as it could like break even it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be a money maker just Ooh. to where people could get you could do the most to help people in a community in a healthy way and people right. not getting gaslit and really just being i mean talk about not being set up for success well and that's why they like to talk to the person going into rehab not the family member because you got to remember i'm in control of my facilities normally on the other end of that phone is someone who's desperate to be sober yeah and doesn't want because you know i have found that most people that are struggling with whatever addiction whether it's pills alcohol they don't want to do it but it's a chemical dependence they don't want to be tied to something right they want to be helped and they get you get these people that are running the rehab facilities gaslighting them that's preying on their the way their state of their brain is then they get off the phone and they're just hopeless because they know they don't have 20 grand to go. yeah now i had another friend who called once you know around um because she had um she had a back surgery and she got addicted to pain pills uh -huh. and her doctors cut her off and because she was abusing them right you know it's spiral spiraled out of control as it does and as it does she was taking double the amount and she ran out like two weeks early or something oh, well she started God. to go into withdrawal which that's fucking awful and they say i thought i saw something somewhere or whatever you know i make shit up that you can become addicted after just taking them for three days mm -hmm. you can you can that i'm right yeah no it's um a total physical dependence and i think even like after i remember when i was young um i had a surgery my, i think it was my knee surgery mm -hmm. and they gave me like uh, i don't want i want to say it's lord tap by candy it could have been percocet i don't know what it was but i remember specifically taking them for like two weeks mm -hmm. and then i went to the doctor and they said okay you can stop taking the pain pills now you'll be fine mm -hmm. and i just said okay and then like two days later i got really really sick mm -hmm. and i had diarrhea and i was throwing up oh, and damn. i thought that i had food poisoning yeah and i was like oh my gosh i ate french onion dip it was bad i didn't oh, eat it for years french onion and, dip yeah I like those potato chips. god i know it's so good sorry <laughs> i need to eat dinner y'all my bad i do too I'm but i remember this vividly and 
so I remember how sick I was and I, but I thought I had food poisoning or something. Yeah. Didn't know what was wrong with me. I was withdrawing from narcotics and had no, no idea. idea. Now you, you remember you take a addict that that's happening to they know why they're withdrawing very different and then they're going to go seek something that's going to make it mm -hmm. stop so it's a twofold situation right it's just yeah it's just a bad i mean and there's no one the, the doctors they prescribe the medicine and then you basically you're on your own at that yeah. point so there's just no i i i see where like all of these people sued it was it um one of those the company that makes oxycontin oh it was um pfizer no no pfizer purdue. i want to say purdue but i know it's not purdue i know why am i blinking on this it was purdue pharma it was okay it was purdue it was purdue pharma yeah, yeah. they they there was a class, was class action suit and they you know but okay so yeah florida locked their shit down you know, farming, the doctors, they, yeah, too late, too late. And then they overlocked it. Mm -hmm. And that's they another did. issue. Yeah. They locked it down where if you go to the doctors, the doctors can pull up your records mm -hmm. and so can the pharmacies. I, and, but those people, and I think, what was it? 10 years ago that that happened? Those people so yeah, yeah it was 10 years ago you didn't there was nothing in place you could doctor shop all day mm -hmm. long you could and they all were giving day you long hundreds of them they yes. were giving people hundreds hundreds if you had the cash to pay mm -hmm. you would get it and then you know people are going and selling them so they put these lockdowns in place because people are dying from oxy overdoses because they're crushing them and snorting them and doing god knows what with them okay so you took you locked it all down. Now you got all these addicts running the streets. Well, an addict's an addict. They're going to turn to something else. So what they did, they all turned to heroin. Yeah. Now they're dying of heroin and fentanyl because mm -hmm. nobody, there's nothing in place to help them. No, there's no, I, I don't know if aftercare is the right word, but yeah. like exit strategy. Well, and there needs to be like some type of, I want to say like a community center in a way, but like where there's still counselors that are meeting with people and families together and doing therapy, even if they're not in the residential piece anymore. Right. But like still have those resources mm -hmm. of, okay, we have group therapy on these days, these times, whatever. If you need a sponsor for this, well, check out that group or you know so then that way there's always someone or something they can reach out to when they're having a moment yeah and resources like to just keep keep getting better and healthier yeah because i had a friend also who whose husband um he was addicted to oxy mm -hmm. he worked at a car dealership and they were all dabbling it and he i remember he, he went to rehab and you know he eventually beat it not while they were together but um but i don't me, think he'll ever be the same no he he will never be the same they're no longer together their child doesn't have a father essentially he was adopted by her next husband because he walked away because he was so ashamed and he said to me he's like it became a point where i'm not taking the drugs to get high anymore i'm taking the drugs to feel normal and not detox yeah to not be sick yeah and because your something in your brain shifts mm -hmm. once you take them and but yeah, no, Purdue, the, the lawsuit for Oxycontin was $4.3 billion is what they have to pay. Now, what's going to happen with that money? They should have to set up centers to help people. They should. They should. Because they should be required. Mm-hmm. They should be not not now this money's sitting in a bank. Yeah, some of it's going to go to the families of people that lost um you know children yeah. and things like which i understand but oh, like no. something needs to be something good needs to happen with this money it does because the thing is it's like 
look, you've already done the damage, but at least have some resources available to people to pull, to get back from this. I can't, I could think about it, but it's like, why? But literally in the last like 10, 15 years, I could probably think of four or five people, some family, some not, that have died in a drug overdose related death. Mm -hmm. And they all started with Oxy. Right. For an injury, right? Yes. For an injury, football injury, whatever injury. Football injury, injury at the gym. Um, Somebody else, I think it was their back and then turned into whatever yeah and they're all dead so yeah you know and it's it's devastated the country on so many levels yeah it has so it's it's just ridiculous that resources aren't all made equally no it's not if you don't have means or money well obviously money is means if you don't have the means to go to a proper facility even then you get but even if you have the money that system is broken in the rehabs because they're just out for your money so essentially you're screwed i mean i know there are some good rehabs out there that do no no but it's hard to find them right like we need to think of what our rehab would be called because we really need to open one when we get the means yeah i'm serious seriously because god people need hope and help that's exactly it they need hope and help that it's gonna be okay yeah you'll get through this and that's not hopeless that you're not gonna be strung out forever no it's gonna feel like forever right now but look then we're gonna have this whole other subset of people who've already started rebuilding their life then they get to see them wait yep that's where i can be yeah instead of this revolving door of garbage right i don't know where i went with this i went but no no, it's okay. You need to. It's a dark subject. It's terrible. Yeah. It rips people apart. And that's the thing. You want to get sober? Oh, well. What? How much do you have? Yeah. 10 grand? Can your grandma sign her deed over to her house? Right. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And the hospitals don't help you. No. No, they just send you on your way or they give you more pills and send you on your way. They put you on a different pill. I just don't even know. Yeah. So anyway, I'm hoping she gets the help she needs and she'll go and they found somewhere for her to go. But it just shocked me um, that the tactics they use, the tactics they used. And I'm, a you know, obviously an educated older person that is not desperate right now right. for sobriety where you get these people and if they absolutely don't have the money they feel hopeless i can see how like they a lot of people didn't end up taking their own lives yeah Ugh. we gotta work this out yeah on that note all um, right do you have anything else to add no all right well thank you for hanging with us for these episodes um We'll catch you for our bachelorette. I think the finale is this week. I think so. If you listen to those. If not, have a great week. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.